This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialist. Good morning. In today's headlines, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rules on a case that could have a major impact on next week's midterm elections. An unexpected twist in Arizona's race for U.S. Senate and former President Trump makes a prediction on the outcome of the midterms. An increasing number of Hispanic voters are shifting Republican. We find out why that is. Former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu may make a comeback. Exit polls on Tuesday showed his party gaining a narrow majority. Twitter will charge a subscription fee for its blue service. The company says it will make the social media network less reliant on ads. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning, and I'm Evelyn Lee. Today's Wednesday, November 2nd. So if Musk ups the blue verification $3 more expensive to make it $8 a month, I wonder if some journalists and some other notable figures will refuse to pay. Good point. There is a concern that it might also lead to more misinformation on the platform. And that is a good point, and we'll talk about Twitter soon, but we're kicking off the show with voting a major ruling from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court that could impact next week's midterm elections. The court ruled yesterday that local election boards cannot count any ballots mailed with undated or incorrectly dated envelopes. Several Republican groups, including the Republican National Committee, filed a lawsuit last month. They demanded the acting secretary of the Commonwealth uphold a state requirement for voters. The requirement compels voters to sign and date the outer envelope of their mail-in ballot when they return it. Prior to the latest legal fight, the third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in May that having dates on the return envelope is not mandatory, but the U.S. Supreme Court in October annulled the decision by the appeals court. So far, no reaction on the ruling from the Pennsylvania Secretary of Commonwealth's office. And now over to Arizona. The U.S. Senate race there took an interesting turn yesterday. Libertarian candidate Mark Victor decided to drop out of the race. He's now asking voters to support Republican nominee Blake Masters. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on that development. Arizona's Senate race is one of the most closely watched in the country. Trump-backed Republican Blake Masters is looking to unseat incumbent Democratic Senator Mark Kelly. Kelly says the late endorsement from Victor won't make a difference. I don't think so. This is, this is a, between me and Blake Masters. Kelly is pro-abortion and running on a platform of immigration, the economy, and environmental protection. This race has always been between me and Blake Masters. Uh, and the differences between myself and my opponent cannot be more, or shouldn't be more, could not be more obvious. Victor says he reached out to both sides after the race's only debate to talk about stepping down. The Libertarian says he would have preferred to talk to both parties before making a decision. He wished to endorse whoever could convince him they aligned to his goals of peace and freedom. Kelly's camp did not reply. Masters' team reached out on Tuesday. In an interview with Fox News, Victor says he's happy with his choice and not concerned about hurting the Libertarian cause or a push for a third party by dropping out. I am a lone wolf. I speak for myself. I'm committed to advancing the cause of freedom, peace, and civility. No matter who likes it or who doesn't like it, I'm not loyal to any particular party. I'm loyal to those principles and those values, and uh, I'm not likely to stray from them for any reason whatsoever. 
Victor's name is still going to be on all ballots, with his decision coming just a week before the election. Over 500,000 people voted early, and millions of mail ballots have already been sent out. The outcome of Arizona's Senate race is one that could help determine which party controls the chamber. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Also in Arizona, an armed group monitoring ballot drop box locations in Maricopa County has been ordered to keep back. A federal judge gave the order on Tuesday. This was following a request for a temporary restraining order from the League of Women Voters of Arizona. They complained that masked people carrying guns near drop boxes were intimidating voters. Members from the group Clean Elections USA were told to stay at least 250 feet away. They're not allowed to film or follow anyone within 75 feet of a drop box. They were also told not to talk or yell at anyone in that perimeter unless spoken to first. Are mainstream networks neutral when it comes to reporting on U.S. politics? That's what a new study from the Media Research Center is set to find out. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg brings us their findings. The networks examined by the Media Research Center were ABC, CBS, and NBC. The study looked at positive and negative comments made during their evening broadcasts. It looked at midterm election coverage from September through October. The study found overall Democrats received 26 negative comments from the networks. Republicans received 94 negative comments overall. Positive comments tallied were 13 for Democrats and 14 for Republicans. Democrats had a total of 39 evaluative comments, with 67% of them being negative. Republicans got 108 total comments, 87% negative. Candidates with the most focus have been John Fetterman for Democrats, and Herschel Walker, Dr. Mehmet Oz, and Carrie Lake for Republicans. Comments on Walker have been 89% negative and 82% negative for Oz. Carrie Lake has received 100% negative comments from the networks. With the economy and inflation being the major issue for most voters surveyed, the networks instead have been focusing on the topic of abortion. Only 15 minutes were designated for the economy during the examined period, as opposed to almost a half hour talking about allegations against Walker regarding abortion. The next most talked about topics were abortion in general, election deniers, and John Fetterman's health. Despite President Biden's slumping approval rating, the networks have made few comments about its achievements or failures. It contrasts sharply with their coverage of former President Trump four years ago when they made seven times as many evaluative comments about him. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Former President Donald Trump predicted that Republicans would gain control of the House in next week's midterm elections. He also thinks Republicans have a good chance in the Senate. Trump's prediction falls in line with what many GOP lawmakers and some analysts have predicted, the party of the president tends to lose seats during midterm elections. Republicans need five of those seats to retake the House. Retaking the Senate would require defeating Senator Cortez Masto, Nevada, and Senator Warnock in Georgia. They must also hold on to Pennsylvania's open seat. John Fetterman and Mehmet Oz are vying for that Senate seat. Meanwhile, Fetterman showed signs of significant cognitive impairment during his first and only debate with Oz. He suffered a stroke earlier in the year. Top figures in the Democratic Party were out stumping yesterday. President Joe Biden, former President Barack Obama, and music artist John Legend came out in force to support midterm election candidates. And today's Daniel Monahan has the story. And tonight, the reason why we're here is because we need to show up for our democracy. Is that right? Legend was on hand with Barack Obama at a Nevada early vote rally to bolster support for Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. The only way to make this economy fair 
is if we, all of us, fight for it. Masto is widely viewed as the most vulnerable Democrat in the U.S. Senate. Her race against former State Attorney General Adam Luxalt has been deadlocked for months. During his speech, Obama decried violent rhetoric in U.S. politics. You got politicians who, instead of wanting to bring people together, do their best to stir up division and make us angry and afraid of one another. Meanwhile, over in Florida, Biden took the stage in support of DeSantis' rival Charlie Crist and Senate candidate Val Demings. Well, Senator Rubio, I have a message for you. Rape is a crime. Incest is a crime. Abortion is not. After jogging sprightly across the stage, Biden took aim at Republicans. Folks, this ain't your father's Republican Party. This is a different breed of cat. President Biden then talked about how the economy was in ruins when he took office, before admonishing the oil industry. Americans across the country have stepped up and are doing the right thing, but not everyone. The oil industry is not doing the right thing. Now over to Michigan, where Liz Cheney crossed the aisle to stump for Democratic Representative Alyssa Slotkin. She said it was her first time campaigning for a Democrat. And I have to tell you that it was not a hard decision at all. Cheney's visit to the battleground state comes as she considers a 2024 presidential run after losing her primary earlier this year. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. A recent poll from USA Today and Suffolk University found more black and Hispanic voters are supporting Republican candidates. USA Today reports that inflation and the lack of a response from the White House is driving the shift to the right. Both groups have long supported Democrats, but now 40% of Hispanics and 21% of black voters are backing a Republican candidate. Those numbers are up from 2020 when 32% of Hispanics and just 12% of the black community voted for former President Donald Trump. Joining me now is Catalina Stube. She is the director of Hispanic Outreach at Moms for Liberty. It's good morning, Catalina. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you because we've been seeing Republicans gaining more Hispanic votes, and that's, I'm talking about looking at some poll and voter registration numbers. And I want to know from you, why do you think that is? Well, actually, they are not aligned with our values. So uh, I think Democrats take for granted for so much longer the, the minority vote. It's not only happening in Hispanic, but it's also happening in all minorities. But especially Hispanics, they're very conservative, but they were always uh, voting Democrat. But now they're realizing the, it's so obvious, the, the left agenda, what is happening, that now we are simply voting Republican because they are more aligned with our values, our family values. Republicans respect the Constitution. Republicans respect life. Republicans respect the liberty of choosing a school for your children, and uh, and then the, the transparency in education. The, the, the left agenda, which is the Demo Democrats, are choosing to indoctrinate our children. They are pushing a, a, a cultural Marxism over our family, and, uh, and we prevail over faith, family, and freedom. And why do you think that shift is deemed to be so significant? 
it's history. Uh, it's changing history. This is this is amazing. Uh, a big chief, um, a, a national uh, survey of Hispanic voter released today, uh, uh, last week by Americano Media, proves that the Republican Party may be on the cusp of a profound Hispanic voter realignment, adding a last-minute burst of undecided Hispanics. Midterm voters worry about the economy. So they, they they are they are touching our economy, they are touching our schools, our children's. So basically we realize that that Republicans are more conservatives in, in that way. You represent moms for liberty. And as a mom, what are the top concerns right now during voting season? I, I expect only that all candidates are, are talking about these issues that is happening in schools. They are trying to reap our rights to be to be parents because a politician wants to choose over the health of our children, over the education of our children. I don't agree with, with the educational system right now and many other uh, parents align like me and we align uh, with, with family values because uh, obviously they want to prevail on other fantasy toys like the LGBTQ, like uh, we are not against that, but not for our children. They are not prepared for that. It's completely inappropriate to push an agenda of LGBTQ over our children. And they are going so far that they are castrating our children. They uh, they are changing their, their natural, they are changing completely their nature. So we are, as a parents, it's very important that somebody respect the innocence of our children and the education of our children. Thank you very much, Catalina Stube. I do really appreciate your stance on this and your time today. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. And now we want to take a very quick moment because we do have a quick message from our presenting sponsor today, Birch Gold Group. Yes, they're one of the largest precious metals companies in the country and well-respected. Precious metals is a hot topic under our current economic condition, with the consumer price index increasing again, the stock market in turmoil. Inflation is on everyone's mind. And inflation is reducing the value of our savings, and that is a worrying thought, especially for those who have retirement accounts. Bridge Gold can help you protect your savings against inflation in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and they're offering you a free info kit on gold IRAs that can help you learn more. Plus, when you contact them this month by Black Friday, you will get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 22nd. Text NTD to the number 989898 for your free info kit. Bridge Gold has an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text NTD to 989898. And coming up, Twitter will charge a subscription fee for its blue service. The company announced that it seeks to make the social media network less reliant on ads. And former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu may be returning to power. Exit polls following Tuesday's election showed his party heading for a narrow majority. Find out more right here on NTD Good Morning. Welcome back to New Jersey. Police officers were wounded when a shooter opened fire in Newark yesterday. The officers were responding to a 911 call from someone who said he identified a suspect from a previous shooting. 
Newark's mayor says when the officer arrived, they encountered him in the parking lot in a residential neighborhood as they were leaving the building. The suspect then fired two shots at officers in close range. When officers returned the fire, the suspect retreated back into the building. One officer shot in, was shot in his leg and experienced a small fracture. The other officer underwent surgery after a bullet grazed his neck and went into his shoulder, but both are in stable condition. The shooter has been identified but still remains at large. A SWAT team was deployed to locate the assailant in the building he was hiding in by searching apartment to apartment. And Twitter has announced it will charge $8 a month for its blue service, which includes its verified badge. New Twitter boss Elon Musk says the company seeks to boost subscriptions and make the social media network less reliant on ads. A blue check mark next to a person's username means Twitter has confirmed that the account belongs to the person or company claiming it. Musk's comments follow media reports that he was looking at the process of profile verification and how the blue check marks were given. Twitter used to give those to noteworthy pro profiles based on its own criteria. Musk on Tuesday said subscribers with blue check marks would get priority in replies, mentions, and search. They would also be able to post longer videos and audios and only see half as many ads. A recent poll suggested that more than 80% of Twitter users said they would not pay for the check mark. Around 10% said they were willing to pay $5 a month. Twitter is currently free for most users. And Musk reiterated Tuesday night that accounts suspended from the platform will not return right away. Musk tweeted, Twitter will not allow anyone who was deplatformed for violating Twitter rules back until we have a clear process for doing so. He added that the process could take weeks. That means users, including former President Donald Trump, likely will not be able to rejoin the social media site before midterm elections. And moving on to another topic now, residents on a South Korean island evacuated to underground shelters as air raid sirens sounded. That's after North Korea fired at least 17 ballistic missiles and around 100 artillery shells into the East Sea today. At least one of the missiles landed near South Korean territorial waters. South Korea quickly responded by launching its own missiles into the same border area. The launches came just hours after North Korea threatened to use nuclear weapons to get the U.S. and South Korea to pay what it called the most horrible price in history. North Korea views the ongoing South Korean U.S. military drills as an invasion rehearsal. The White House maintained its position that the United States has no hostile intent toward North Korea and that it will work with allies to curb North Korea's nuclear ambitions. The launch of 17 missiles is a record number of daily weapons tests by North Korea in recent years. Former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu might be making a comeback. That's after exit polls showed his right-wing bloc winning a narrow majority in Israel's parliamentary elections on Tuesday. Israeli television projected that the man known as Bibi, who was already the country's longest-serving prime minister when he was ousted last year, appeared to command 61 to 62 seats in Israel's 120-member Knesset. The contest was Israel's fifth parliamentary election in four years. Despite what some have dubbed election fatigue, voters turned out at levels reported to be the highest since 1999. The contest seems to end the brief premiership of Yair Lapid, who brokered the coalition that toppled Bibi in 2021. His centrist camp was projected to win 54 to 55 seats. He campaigned on his stewardship of Israel's economy and diplomatic advances with Lebanon and Turkey. 
but it appears that was not enough to stop a resurgent right. The contest was shaken up by ultra-nationalist firebrand Itamar Ben-Gvir and his religious Zionism list, now set to be the third largest party in parliament. Netanyahu has been counting on support from the far-right faction to put him back on top. A series of Palestinian militant attacks on Israeli civilians and soldiers focused voters' attention on security, and Netanyahu has long fashioned himself as among the most hawkish leaders in Israel's history. The Dutch government on Tuesday ordered China to immediately close police stations in the Netherlands for good. Reports say they were used to monitor and harass Chinese dissidents. A foreign minister says that although the stations do provide consular help, they do not have permission for that. He says that alone is enough to shut them down. Meanwhile, the ministry will take a deeper look at such activity. It will also reach out to other EU countries where sources say Chinese police stations are located. The reports came in the wake of a September investigation by Spain-based NGO Safeguard Defenders. It claims that China has 54 overseas police centers around the world, including the two in the Netherlands. It also said there were three in the UK and one in New York City. And coming up, colorful blooms brightened the room in Saratoga, California during an annual chrysanthemum show. Find out more after the break. We're continuing the program with chrysanthemum season. One club in the San Francisco Bay Area celebrated with a show. Entity's Eileen Eng hears how the plants and their blooms are cared for by their loving chrysanthemum moms and dads. Colorful blooms brighten the room in Saratoga, California during an annual chrysanthemum show hosted by the Bay Area Chrysanthemum Society. They've had it going for 10 years. Club members get to showcase the result of their passion, patience, and care. The goal of the club is to promote cultivation and preservation of chrysanthemums, or mums for short. Mums come in many different shapes, colors, and sizes, but they are divided into 13 classifications. This year, a panel of nine chrysanthemum judges determined the best flowers. The best of the best are displayed at the head table. So one of the things you have to, they have to look for is um, the stem has to be straight. The flower has to be the size it should be. Because some of these may be all very good, but the size is small, then they won't like it. But the color may be faded, and it should be a fresh bloom. So that is one of the things that's really important for shows, is that you have to time it so that the flower is at its peak. To produce show-worthy flowers, growers need to grow a variety, have consistent watering, fertilize a lot, make sure it gets sunlight, and there are no bugs. Chester Unciano, co-chair of the Chrysanthemum Show, joined the club in 2018 and has been growing mums since. This species here is a Houston species of an of a irregular, incurving kind. So uh, it's a class one variety and it's class A because it's a bigger variety. The growing season starts from cutting in April until blooming in late summer or early winter, around October. It's the discovery of new cultivars and, and how to get better from, from growing them. Just the diversity of the plants makes you keep going. 
The process is like very enjoyable and very fun, and I love to grow flower, and it's a rewarding that like I got first prize for this one. Growers tend to grow more in hopes that at least one is presentable. Therefore, people can submit multiple entries. When you create something that's really good, it has its own satisfaction. So it's a journey, really, not just the last day. Although winners only receive a ribbon, seeing people's smiles is their greatest reward. The nonprofit is funded by their cutting sales in June. The club consists of about 100 members. Eileen Ang, NTD News, California. From flora to fauna, in Australia, five lions escaped a zoo enclosure early Wednesday. It happened at the Taronga Zoo in Sydney. Zoo officials say an adult lion and four cubs escaped after breaking through a fence. They were found in an area next to the main lion exhibit where a six-foot fence separated them from the rest of the zoo. The animals roamed for less than 10 minutes before the zoo went on lockdown. Veterinarians had to tranquilize one of the cubs. The others were captured and returned to their enclosure without incident. The area where they escaped has been blocked off and the lions are being closely monitored. No guests or staff were injured. An investigation is now underway to figure out how the lions were able to escape. The zoo returned to normal operations after the incident. I'm just so glad no one was hurt. That could be a scary situation. Lions are fierce. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. But seriously, that's that could be something right out of Madagascar, the movie. <laughs> Anyway, that's all for today's program. As always, though, you can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.